Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Man, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2021. Man, my, my name is Adam Clausen, and I've been entrusted uh, with bringing the word today. And so uh, Pastor Stephen will be back next uh, next Sunday, and he can't wait to be back here. Um, so sorry about that. I know it's kind of clicking a little bit. But uh, man, <laughs> if you guys would, quickly turn to that person next to you and tell them, man, it's good to see you. I've been praying all year, all of 2020, that I would start right here next to you for 2021. Man, it is good to be back in person. We were online for a couple weeks, and so it's good to be back, see some faces. I- I'm like one of those guys that I, I just want to see faces, you know, see people, see who I'm talking to. Um, but let me tell you, if you are watching online today, man, we are grateful for you for tuning in today. And and let me just say, uh, man, even if you're watching online, I know here at the house, we can get a little little bit rowdy, a little little fun, you know, can happen on some Sunday morning. And so even if you're watching online, don't let the fact that you're watching behind a computer screen or a phone screen keep you from shouting down that computer screen. Man, I would love nothing more than to get some noise complaints from the neighbors on a Sunday morning uh, because you you were just getting into service on a Sunday morning. Come on. Man, but, but, but on a real note, though, I, I hope you guys recognize the strides that we've actually taken in this past year. Uh, I mean, a year ago today, the, the, there was no cameras in the back. There was no camera stands. There was no camera crew. But even amidst everything that was going on in 2020, we were able to actually take tremendous strides. And, and so would you all put your hands together for our sound and AV team? Man, they've just gone above and beyond this year. Now, I will say, okay, y'all listen here, okay? So (laughs) I broke my nose playing basketball this past weekend, and so I need you to only catch me on my good side. If you can do that, I'd really appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, but, but, but seriously, on a, on, a, on a serious note, I hope you guys recognize that nothing that we do here on a Sunday morning would be possible w- without our pastor and Pastor Stephen's vision and leadership. And, and, and not just Sunday, but throughout the week and even the impact that the house is able to have in Northwest Arkansas um, is really because of, of our pastor and the direction that he's able to give us. I, I know a lot of, a lot of leaders kind of turned into 2020 of, man, I'm just trying to survive. I'm just, I'm just trying to make it through. Um, but if anyone knows Pastor Stephen, that's, that's obviously not him. Uh, and in spite of everything, we actually continue to grow in, in 2020. We, we continue to see people step into a relationship with the Father and, and, to, and to live free, to not just step into freedom, but truly live free and to feel their purpose so that they know what their calling is here in Northwest Arkansas. And, and, and so would you guys put your hands together for just our pastor? He, he's going to be back next week. And let me just tell you, if you're watching online, man, we can't wait for you to be back, be here at the house. So, so this is one of my favorite weeks of the entire year. I, I think we could call it Resolution Week. Yes, yes. For, for all my ambitious brothers and sisters out there, this is our week. This is the week that we rewrite the narrative. You know, I, I'm going to go out, I'm going to get like three new gym memberships. I don't know which one I'm going to use, but I'm going to get three of them just to make sure. I'm going to go all keto. I'm going to start counting my macros. I don't even really know what a macro is, but I'm going to find a way to count them. I, I know some of y'all, you know, you got your planner that you 
special ordered off of Etsy. It, you better believe it's color coded now. Um, and so some of you guys are ready to take on this new year. Maybe, maybe this is the year that you're like, man, I'm going to write that book. I feel like I got some, I got some thoughts that I, I want to impart into a book. Or maybe it's like, this is the year I'm going to start a YouTube channel. Or maybe, maybe this is the year that I'm going to travel. I don't know how I'm going to travel with a global pandemic, but let me just tell you, no global pandemic is going to keep me down. Is anyone here with me? Any ambitious brothers and sisters? Or maybe, maybe your goals look a touch different for 2021. Maybe you're one of those word people. Maybe instead of you know, choosing, a, choosing a goal, you'd rather have a word that would describe your year. I happen to be married to one of those amazing people. Her name is Courtney. And her word might look a little bit like rejuvenate restore, refresh, and, and, and it's amazing. Uh, I, actually, I, I thank God every day for giving me the most grace-filled wife imaginable because uh, if it was up to me and my ambition, I'd be halfway up the trail to nowhere if it wasn't for her every now and then reeling me in just a little bit and saying, hey, Adam, I think we should pause just for a second, maybe just for a second and get some direction from God. And, and so today, as we start a off this brand new year, and, and we talk about, you know, fresh goals and, and vision and, and, and dreams that we have for this upcoming year. Has anyone ever started off a road trip, but you forgot to take the very important step of getting directions before you left? Now, I know, I know, I know, we all get spoiled in this day and age because you have more bars and more places, and I'm sure whichever cellular network you have is the largest 5G network, but... Remember like the good old days, the good old days where you'd go online to MapQuest and you'd print off your turn-by-turn directions. Anyone under the age of 18 is like, what is MapQuest right now? Uh, but you get that little tiny picture and it was supposed to tell you where you were going. And then it would, uh, you just hope that there were no detours along the way. You know, if you left the house without those, you were going to be in big trouble. Even though it was only going to take you five minutes that would quickly become the very most important five minutes of your entire trip. And, and, and there was sure to be an argument that would follow along of, I thought you were going to print off the dress. I thought you were going to do it. And, and I think the point is, is that we got to realize that sometimes we got to pause for a moment to get direction. And, you know, it, it, it's amazing as we get started with this new year. My goal for you today is not to empower you to run out that door and take the world for Jesus 2021. Like, this is our year. Like, this is the year that everyone gets saved. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, that would be awesome if that happens this year. But my goal for you today is actually that you would take a moment to pause, to get direction from God, to hear his voice for this upcoming year. You know, and and that's why we're going to be starting this new sermon series today called Listening. Hebrews 11.6 states, and without faith is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who do what? Earnestly seek him. So today I want to extract three truths from the life of Daniel. And I'm, I'm sure even if you uh, didn't grow up with a church background, probably at some point in your life you've heard of the story of Daniel in the lion's den. Of, you know, the king makes a decree, no more praying to God, and if you do, you're going to get thrown in the lion's den. Well, Daniel's like, hey, I'm still going to pray to God. And what happens? He gets thrown in the lion's den. But has anyone ever been like not too religious to ask the question of like, okay, wait a second. The king makes a decree. Daniel, my, my man, 
my man, you, you're a smart man. You're a wise man. Like, how tough would it have been to just be a little bit more discreet with your prayer? You know, it, it says that he prayed three times a day, but how tough is that? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know, you, know, you, you sit down at the table. You look twice, okay, and then just, whoo. Like, like, you're good. Even if someone saw him, he's like, man, what do you think Daniel's doing over there? Oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's just taking a nap. Maybe, maybe he's just chilling for a second. You know, I don't know about you guys, but this, when I read the Bible, this is the kind of questions I ask. I, I know it might be a little bit weird, but I, I think we can probably all agree that that was not the way that Daniel rolled. That Daniel, for, for, for Daniel, his life was a little bit different. It, for him, Prayer was a little bit more than just a religious, you know, checklist for the day of like, okay, I got my three prayers in. Like, all right, we're good to go. You know, for him, it was a little bit more than just a, dear God, thanks for the meat. Let's eat. For him, it was an ongoing relationship with the Father. And, and so we're actually not going to be talking about Daniel the Lion's Den today, but I do believe that that story sets up the kind of relationship that Daniel had with our eternal Father. And so we're going to be in Daniel chapter 9 today. So if you guys would, would you guys open up your Bibles or whip out your phones? And while you guys turn there, uh, a little background on this particular chapter. So, so the Israelites have been in captivity now for 70 years. They were taken captive by the Babylonians because of their wickedness and the way that they have turned from God. But miraculously, after 70 years of being in captivity, they're allowed to go back and rebuild their city in Jerusalem. Now, this is nothing short of a miracle because while they're in captivity, the Babylonian Empire is actually taken over by the Medo-Persian Empire, which is not a Christian empire. And so this is nothing short of a miracle that they're allowed to go back with the help of a man named Nehemiah. But get this, before Nehemiah ever sets foot toward Israel... Before Nehemiah, you know, gets his team together and they got their huddle and they're like, okay, we, we need some contractors, we need some carpenters, we need some plumbers, we need some electricians, you know, and we get our team together and we get our plane. Before, you know, Nehemiah comes before the nation of Israel and says, this is our year. This is the year that we, we return. Before any of that, before the Israelites are even released from captivity, there's a prayer from Daniel chapter 9. And so that's where we'll pick up today is in verse 2. And it says, during the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, learned from reading the word of the Lord as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet. So Daniel is, is simply just reading from the Bible. It, th th this is the same book that we actually have today. He's reading from the book of Jeremiah, and it says that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. I also wore rough burlap and sprinkled myself with ashes. My first point for you today is to set your course. That amidst all of our goals and plans that we have for 2021, we got to start with this right here. We got to start with God's word. Yeah. It, it, George Mueller said, the vigor of our spiritual life will be in exact proportion to the place held by the Bible in our life and thoughts. And let me tell you why. In this passage of scripture, Daniel finds hope and he prays a new prayer. Now, I, I don't know exactly where in the book of Jeremiah he was reading that he found this new hope, but I got a pretty good guess. And this guess is that it's Jeremiah 29 verse 10 and 11. And it says, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years, how many years? 
70 years are completed for Babylon. Now keep in mind, Jeremiah wrote this 70 years prior. So he's writing this into the future. And it says, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I, the Lord God, will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, how many of y'all would love to claim this verse over 2021? Like, like, like if you were looking for a verse for 2021, I mean, plans to, to, to prosper and not to harm you, plans for a hope and a future. Like, that's some high-dollar wall decor right there. You put that above your fireplace, above your mantle. You proclaim that in your house. That's a word. You, you go buy that from Hobby Lobby right now. I, I guarantee you. <laughs> you go there, and you proclaim that because it's going to ignite some hope. And that's amazing because when we actually look at it, even though Israel turned their back on God, God never turned his back on them. So, so, so what does Daniel do? Daniel whips out his planner, that's color-coded, of course, and, and he starts doing a little math. Okay, we went into captivity in 606 B.C. It's now 539 B.C. We know that because it's the first year of the reign of Darius in the Medo-Persian Empire. So he does a little math of, okay, 606 minus 539, going back, am I smarter than a fifth grader? And, oh, it, man, we're getting pretty close to our 70 years being up. And, and so what happens is that Daniel gets a new hope. Now, what's amazing about this is that there were many people who, who had access to the book of Jeremiah, who had access to God's word and to God's promises, but only one person went back to God's word to find their hope. And so what does Daniel have from this revelation? He develops a new hope. He prays a new prayer. And, and, and what happens in life is, is we have a hope cycle. Now, I, I'm not going to go into uh, to depth about this hope cycle, and I had a really sweet graphic. Um, I don't know if you guys have it. Uh, nope. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, I, I'm all about, you know, the, the amazing graphics, but I, I'm going to explain it to you because it'll work just the same. And, and so uh, where did Daniel go to find his hope? See, Daniel didn't go to his favorite TikTok. He didn't go and swipe right to find his hope. No, he goes to God's promises, that's where he went to go get fueled. The fuel that he had was in God's promises. Now, what, is, what does hope prepare us for? It prepares us as we go into the trial. You, you almost got to know that what it's, what's coming, that the reason that God gives us promises is to take us through the trial. James 1 verse 2 says, count it all joy when you experience various trials, because in time it will produce perseverance. Yeah. Now, context is everything. See, we thought 2020 was rough. No, getting thrown in the lion's den for your faith, that's a trial. Yeah, yeah. Watching your entire nation be in captivity, that's a trial. Yeah. And so it's interesting because they still call that joy. Like to count it all as joy. Well, why would you count that as joy? And I think the thing that we got to realize is that, is that joy is not living a life that is free of hardship and trial, and, and just living this carefree life like, oh man, I'm just floating on a cloud right now. But instead, joy is standing on the other side of the fire and recognizing how you got there in the first place, that it was never you by yourself, but it was God that was there with you every step of the way, and <laughs> that he brought you through it. And that's why we call perseverance. Now, it's in those times that you better get ready to get your knees dirty because of all the time that you're spending on your knees in prayer. 
You're going to have to wear some holes in your jeans because you're praying to God so much. What if our posture of perseverance looked less like an old Western movie where we're pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps, you know, whatever that means, and instead us on our knees in prayer? Now, 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 don't get me wrong. There's nothing more holy about, you know, lifting your hands in worship or praying or kneeling in prayer. But posture matters. Posture aligns our body with our heart. And it's then and only then that we're able to complete the hope cycle and finish with character. There has to come a time where as Christians, we, we stop asking God to remove us from the trial and stating that, no, no, actually I was born for this trial because I know that God is going to take me through this trial. And, and, and as, as Christians, I'll be honest, and myself included, we're the worst at this. We, we even pray for God to remove us from our own prayer requests that, that this week, you know, it's the start of the new year. God, I just want to be used by you. I want to be thy tool in thy hand. It's more holy if you say thy. I want to be the potter. I want to be the clay in the potter's hand right there. But then six months later, we find ourselves and it's, God, I'm done with you. I'm done with your faith. I'm done with this whole church thing. I just feel used. I'm I'm joking, but but there's a little bit of seriousness in there that we got to recognize that that character isn't just produced out of nowhere. See, character comes from the trial. And so my question for you today, is your hope going to sustain you through the trial? Because if it's not anchored in his promises, I just don't know. We got to be anchored in his promises. Now, what does character look like? Here's my definition in two words. Relentless consistency. On June 12, 1964, Nelson Mandela was sentenced to life in prison with no outside communication by the oppressive government of South Africa. Although there was, full of, although there was speculation in his trial and, and a lot of questions that never really seemed to get answered, he was sentenced to the worst type of prison cell imaginable. No light, an eight foot by seven foot cell with only a straw mat to sleep on. And in the day, he would be sent to a a work camp where he would crush rock into gravel. However, in the night, instead of accepting the trajectory for his life, that his life was done and over, he continued to pursue peace and racial reconciliation in the nation of South Africa. With what little light he had in his cell, he used to study to get his law degree from the University of London. And even though he only had one visitor and one letter every six months for the first part of his imprisonment, he relentlessly pursued education and somehow still found time to meet with diplomats from around the world during his imprisonment. For 26 years, he remained relentlessly consistent. And in 1990, against all odds, he is actually released from prison. But the story doesn't stop there. In 1994, he actually is elected president of the entire nation of South Africa, marking the entire change and the peaceful change that has now come to the nation of South Africa. This is what relentless consistency looks like, that it doesn't matter how, what's, what's going on. If you want to talk about excuses, the man had plenty of them. Uh, I mean, you can't tell me that when, that when you get sentenced to life in prison with basically no outside communication, that that's a pretty good signal like it, you're done. Like you had a good run, you were doing great, 
But that's probably it. If you were looking for a reason to throw in the towel, that was it right there. But that didn't keep Nelson Mandela from continuing to pursue peaceful change in South Africa. And the truth is, is that we all have excuses. We, we all have different excuses in our life that, that try to sway us from that consistency. And, and, and the truth is, is that, man, <laughs> it would be so nice if, if I, with just a click of a remote, I could be like, Boosh, there's my plans and goals and dreams for 2021, and God just lays it out for me. But that's not really a relationship with the Father. That, that, that's, a, that's more of a genie in a bottle. Now, 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 don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I know some of y'all would be like, man, I, I'd take a genie in a bottle right now. That, that sounds pretty nice. You know, for, for me personally, let's see. I, I'd, take, I'd take the Chiefs in a Super Bowl. I'd take a, take a Tesla and a lifetime supply of Onyx coffee. And, and, and I'm good to go. Like, I'll never need anything else, right? Like, my life is perfect then. Well, it, isn't it funny how God knew that even if we got everything that we ever wanted, that we would still be empty because we need more than gimmicks and presents. That, that God knew that we needed the acceptance and the relationship of a father. And it's in that moment that, that, that we got to press in for a little bit more. Now, there will always be excuses for why we can't grow in our relationship with our father. You know, of once I finish this project at work, you know, then, then, then I'll have the time to, to dive into his word and, and his promises and I'll be able to have that prayer life that I've always wanted to have. Or maybe once I get done with this semester and this round of tests, then I'll have the time to, to really jump into a life group and get plugged in and really begin to do life together here at the house. Like, I, I just want to do that so bad, but, but I just don't have time. Or, or, or maybe it's once I get a different work schedule and, and I stop having to work that overnight shift or have to get up super early in the morning. Then I'll have time to serve my city, to make an, to make an impact, to join the dream team and, and serve here in Northwest Arkansas. Then, then I will. I mean, maybe it's once, uh, once my child starts sleeping through the entire night, then, then I'll be good. I, I'll just be honest, that one's hitting a little extra home for me today. <sighs> but the truth is that in order... For an eternal desire to take root, we're going to have to sacrifice some temporary desires. You know, and I'll be honest, man, I would love, I would love that 30 extra minutes of sleep. That alarm clock goes off, and I'm like, 30 more minutes, that's all I'm asking for. That's all I'm asking for. You know, I, I know, I know you got your show. I got mine. I know that the moment that you, you know, sat down to pray, that that was the same moment that your phone started vibrating in your pocket and saying, hey, 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 Adam, hey, over here. Hey, hey, look, look at me, look at me, look at me. Don't forget about me. Hey, hey, don't you want to know what little Susie's doing on Instagram? Hey, 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 over here, over here. How do I know that? Because anytime we direct our eyes towards God, it's going to mean taking our eyes off of something else. This is why we begin our year with a fast. And Pastor Stephen and Katie will be talking about this in weeks to come. Because fasting is all about sacrificing something lesser for something greater. Yes, even food, <laughs> even food, as much as we love and need food, is still lesser compared to the eternal love of our Father. See, after the first couple of verses in Daniel chapter 9, it actually goes into his prayer. And it talks, and it's a prayer of repentance. And, and Daniel doesn't blame anyone for, for his situation. I mean, Daniel, like, Daniel, on some accounts, it actually says that he was second in command to Darius of the entire empire. 
And so Daniel had every reason to make an excuse to blame his situation of like, man, I wouldn't be in a captivity if it wasn't for those people who had, who had disobeyed God. Like, I, I could be so much better off right now. But instead, he actually takes responsibility and says, no, no, I need to pray a prayer of repentance right now. And yet through it all, he declares that God, you are yet still faithful. And I think that's an important thing to remember is that after Daniel prays this prayer of repentance, okay, can I get a little bit of water? Um, a little, little raspy here. Uh, try not to annoy you guys. So in verse 22, he says, uh, the, the angel Gabriel comes to him and explains, Daniel, I've come here to give you insight and understanding. The moment you began praying, a command was given. Now, I think this is kind of interesting that it says the moment you began praying, a command was given. Like, like Daniel just prayed like for 16 verses, this huge prayer of repentance. Like this is one of those prayers that you're on your hands and knees and you're praying like, God, I'm repenting of everything right now. Of the time that I, I tripped little Timmy on the playground in the third grade. The time that I looked off of little Billy's homework in the seventh grade. God, the time that I stole my wife's socks because I hadn't done laundry in two weeks weeks and she's in the next room and she's like looking over at you like what is wrong with you you stole my socks that's disgusting what are you thinking it's one of those kind of prayers where Daniel is just everything is out there in the open but the angel Gabriel says the moment that you began praying so I, I, I think this is a lot of times where us as believers we get frustrated we think okay man I, I began praying but I haven't seen an answer yet why have I not seen an answer yet? I feel like I should be further along by now. But do you know that there's always going to be opposition to your connection with God? <laughs> the enemy would love nothing more than to disconnect you from your commander-in-chief. In fact, in a later chapter in Daniel, it actually talks about he had to pray for 21 days straight in order to receive the message that God was trying to deliver to him. Man, if it took Daniel 21 days straight, I mean, this is a man of God. I, I think it's going to take me a little bit longer than just my five minutes of prayer. <laughs> it's going to take me a little bit longer than just one day to, to really see the answer that I'm looking for, to really see God continue to work in my life. So don't be upset. Don't be upset. Don't get frustrated if, if you thought that you should be further along by now. Don't be upset if you're like, man, I really felt like I should have seen an answer by now. We got to keep praying. Keep pressing in. And so we pick it up here in verse 23, and it says, And now I, the angel Gabriel, am here to tell you what it was. For you are very precious to God. So listen carefully so that you can understand the meaning of your vision. Uh, I'll be honest, I think this is kind of funny. I mean, Daniel is a man of God, a man of respect, and a wise man at that. And, and what does the angel Gabriel tell him? To listen carefully. Now, now, I don't know if Daniel was married, but I do know that he was a man. And, and as a, just speaking from experience, that there are times in my life where listening has been, well, a little bit uh, challenging, uh, difficult. Um, but let me tell you, when your wife says, listen, that's your key, fellas, that you better stop whatever you're doing and pay attention because you're about to learn some important information. 
And so what does Daniel receive? He thought that he was just going to receive a message about whether or not, you know, the Israelites were going to go back to Jerusalem or not. Um, you know, that's what he was reading. That's what he was praying of, like, is, are we going to go back to the, na- you know, to the nation of Israel and back to Jerusalem? But actually, the angel Gabriel unpacks one of the most important prophecies of the entire Bible. Because he doesn't just tell about Jerusalem. No, he tells about the coming of the Messiah, the forgiveness of sins, and the salvation that you and me walk in today. He unpacked that right there for him. And so my last point for you guys today is to listen. And in order for us to open up the communication line with the Father, we're going to have to block out some of the other desires in our life. Famed author Andrew Murray stated, God cannot hear prayer on our lips often because the desires of our heart after the world cry out to him much more strongly and loudly than our desires for him. And I know, I know that sounds extreme, but so oftentimes there's other voices that, that are just begging for our attention. And so today my, my question for you guys is, is God the loudest voice in your life? See, you'll never be able to recognize what the loudest voice is if you're constantly pursuing and hearing different things. Does who you follow on Instagram make you feel like your body's never going to measure up? If so, that, that voice is too loud. Does, does the show that you watch on HGTV just make you feel like your house will never be organized and it'll never be as good as it really could be? If so, that, that voice is too loud. Does, does the podcast you're listening to make you feel like you'll just never be successful enough? If so, that voice is too loud. Does the book that you're reading make you feel like your marriage is just never going to measure up to the standards of this world? That voice is too stinking loud. The reality is, is that God created your body just the way he wanted to, to do exactly what he intended for it to do. The the truth is your your house will probably never be as organized as Marie Kondo's, and, and, and there'll always be another thing that you could pick up or another thing that you could buy. But let me just tell you that that if your if your house is as organized as ever, ever could be, but your heart is still jacked up, God cares way, way more about your heart than he does about your house. God cares way more about the success that you've been entrusted with. And that's why the success as defined, in the, as defined by God is gonna look a lot different than the world. And let me just tell you, your marriage, your marriage matters so much to him. It's held in such high esteem that, that nothing compares to the way that he created marriage. And so obviously, it's going to look different than what the world's standards are for marriage. Now, those aren't the only voices that you're going to have to make quieter. No. <laughs> and, and I'll be honest, this one's even hard for me. That God's voice is going to have to be even louder than the closest relationships to us. Friends, coworkers, neighbors even our spouses and our friends. Yes, God absolutely uses those people to speak into our life, to speak love, to speak truth. But we gotta be able to discern what's the loudest voice in our life. Is it God or is it something else? You know, I got a couple questions for you. When you feel, when you've been offended, do you go to your offender or do you go to someone else? Do you go to God? When when you're feeling unworthy and needing validation or love, do you go to your significant other? You know, maybe your, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, or do you go to God? 
the truth is, is that if we want to know God's voice, we're going to have to take time to clear out those other voices so that we can listen to him. And so I just want to finish with just a couple barriers of communication that with God that I believe get in our way. And I believe that, that these might speak to you today. It may be all four. It may just be one. But the first is busyness. That we just live such busy and productive lives. And, and don't get me wrong, like Northwest Arkansas has got to be one of the most productive places in all of America. Like we live these highly efficient lives here. And so my, my concern for you today is not that you wouldn't go out that door and run from one thing to the next to the next to the next and accomplish all the goals and dreams that you have for 2021. My concern is that you would accomplish them, but God had so much more in store for you. Because if, if he could come to Daniel and unpack the next 500 years, Daniel thought he was just going to get a simple answer to prayer. But God had so much more in store for him. The second is fear. That too often times the media would love to misconstrue God as a dictator who's oppressive, who's manipulative, who's just disappointed, who's more concerned with what's right and what's wrong. The, the naughty and the nice list of you messed up and you'll never be good enough. But whoever wrote that, said that, posted that, didn't really know God. It would be like asking me about musical harmonies. Like, if anyone's ever stood close enough to uh, hear me sing, you've realized very quickly that I may have an opinion, but it's a very uneducated opinion because I know nothing about musical harmonies. But yet, those, so often, that's the people that we allow to shape our perspective about God. Now, I know a lot of times, in, you know, it's like if I'm going to be real with God, I know... I know he's going to try to force me to change and I've already tried it and it's just not going to work. But guess what? God's along for the entire process. He already knows that you thought it was going to be one mile but ended up being seven. It sounds like one of my hiking trips if I'm being honest. Um, Adam, I really thought we were going to be there by now. I'm like, I did too. Uh, all we are is just surrounded by trees right now. But guess what? God's not just along for part of the trip. He's not, he's not turning back because it, it got a little, bit, uh, a little bit rocky. It got a little bit more difficult. He's along for the entire and the whole trip. The next is, is shame. That really I shouldn't be in this situation because it's my own fault that I'm here right now. If I had just done what I was supposed to do, then I wouldn't even be here right now. If I hadn't been out there whiling and, and, and instead I'd been anchored right here, then I wouldn't even be in this situation right now. But let me just say, God is more pleased with our transparency than he is our perfection. See, everyone told me that when I became a dad, that everything would change for me, that my entire world would be flipped upside down. And I remember when, when Courtney was pregnant with Nora, that this would happen on a regular basis. And I'm like, no, like, I'm never going to be one of those Google Gaga dads. Like, I'm a man's man. That's why I grew out this beard, you know, so, so, so I could be a man's man. But guess what happens? I walk in that door coming home from work and I just see my daughter over there sitting on the floor and I, I walk in and instantly, what happens? I just start going like, oh, ooh, I just give her a big old kiss right on the forehead. I'm like, what was that? That, that was weird. That, that, that was really weird right there. Like this wave just came over me and all of a sudden this like flow of love came out of me. But guess what? That's just a fraction. That's just a fraction of the love that our eternal father has for us. 
See, I, my, my love is not conditional for my daughter because you know one day she's promised me that she'll be a, a great athlete or a great musician or a great business person who will produce all kinds of money for me. No, if I'm being honest, all she's really produced for me so far is a bunch of dirty diapers. And it's the same way with our Father. His love is not conditional on our performance and our production. And which leads me in my last one, which is assumption. That God already knows what I'm going through. And, and I think this is one probably that we struggle with the most as Christians. That if God is truly omniscient, then that means that he already knows my mistakes yesterday, my mistakes tomorrow. Like it's all laid out before him. And so if that's the case, then why would I bog him down? Why would I burden him with the concerns of my heart? Like God's got way more bigger things to worry about. But guess what? God is simply looking for an open heart that would be willing to listen to him. And so my encouragement for you today is to listen. And what a better way to conclude today's message and start off this new year with not just talking about listening, but to actually just take a moment, to take a moment here right in this place where we just pause to get direction and listen from God. And so the band's gonna play in the background. It's not gonna be a long moment, but we are gonna just take a minute to just pray and to listen to what God has for us. Because maybe, maybe you're one of those people that you already have all your plans and dreams. You already got your vision board. You're ready to take on 2021 and, and nothing can stop you. But maybe you just need to take a moment to pause, to listen, to get direction from God. Or maybe as I started talking about those different voices, those different barriers to our communication with God, you recognize, man, man, I don't know when the last time I actually prayed was. Maybe, maybe for some of you it was last night. Maybe, maybe for some of you though, it's, it's been a month. Maybe it's been six months. Let me just say that God wants to hear from you. God wants to know what's going on in your life. He's got so much more to impart to you than you could ever imagine. It's like he's got this huge file that he just wants to download to you and he's just looking for a heart that is willing to hear from him. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.